You're watching Profile Pod TV with Double A. And always remember to take it easy. Hey everyone, Double A here. Hey, check it out. I am now an ambassador for Ray's Energy Drink. If you're looking for an energy drink that's going to provide you with maximum stamina, energy, focus, and recovery, do not look any further. Ray's Energy has got you covered. Go to repsports.com. That's R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S.com and enter promo code PROFILE to receive 15% off all of your orders. Tell them Double A sent you. And always remember to take it easy. Yo, what is up, everyone? Double A here, back for another episode of the Profile Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. It's always a pleasure being here with you. And uh, to, on this episode, we have another dandy in store for you. Filmmaker, director, extraordinaire, my man, John Urende. He's doing some really, really cool, big things in the industry as a filmmaker, as a director. He had a film screened in Cannes at the Cannes Film Festival. If you're not familiar with that fest- film festival, go go do some research and check out uh, how big, how uh, notable that particular film festival is. So uh, he was also a, an MC back in the day. We talk about all this. We get into all of it. And uh, he's such an interesting guy. Um, you know, he, he started his own app, two apps, uh, one called Music and another one called Lyrically Speaking. So he's doing so much. And he's a huge inspiration to me, and I know he will be to you once you hear this episode. Go check him out on Instagram. He's got a lot of stuff on YouTube, so you'll enjoy this one. Uh, Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, share the content, you know, feedback, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. It's always great to interact with the the audience, with all of you. So uh, once again, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you next time. And always remember to take it easy peace and welcome back to the profile pod i'm your host double a here for another spectacular episode of the pod. Thank you so much for tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. If you're here on the audio platforms, the video platforms, it doesn't matter because the the good news is that you're here with us and uh, we have another great episode in store. We got our guest standing by. And before we move on, let's go ahead and just do some of the housekeeping items. Don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe on YouTube to the profile pod. Give me that feedback on Apple Podcasts, leave me a rate and review. It's all good. I'm always interested in what you have to say about the podcast, how you feel about it, what, what's your opinion? Because I value that feedback. It's important to me, so don't forget to do that. And, and for the most part, everybody's good with that. The, you know, you always get a, some good feedback on whether it's Instagram or, or whatever the case may be. So thank you, everybody, for doing that. And uh, this is the Social Nostra Network. This is the network of talented creators and podcasters now available on all major platforms. So go check out Social Nostra. There's something there for everybody, man. A lot of podcasts there. So 
check it out. Uh, this is the podcast, The Profile Pod, that brings on individuals doing extraordinary things in life to inspire the human spirit. And tonight we have a gentleman doing just that. He hails out of Bakersfield, California, originally, now in Los Angeles. He's a director. He founded, co-founded, I should say, with uh, Pen Penwheel Productions. Uh, he's created several apps uh, that we're going to talk about, lyrically speaking, and music, or or what they they're called. And uh, he's uh, he's been he's had films screened in, and or a film screened in Cannes at the Cannes Film Festival, which is uh, Depth of Field, the name of the the film. And we're we're going to get into all of this. He's uh, a graduate of the Los Angeles Film School. And he's here to talk about all of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome for the first time on the Profile Pod, my man, John Urenday. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. You, you did your research. <laughs> yeah, when you, you mentioned know, Los Angeles Film School, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? A, a good podcaster always got to do some research, man. So Yes, yes, yes. That, that mm -hmm. one caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, is that right? Okay, okay. That yeah, was good. Man. No, of course, of course, man. How you how you doing, John? Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you taking the time, and um, it's great it's it's great to have you on. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's uh, it's it's been good. It's been a a good year so far. Really good, exciting. Yeah, yeah. I was you know checking out your Instagram and doing that research. You know, I, I see you're doing your thing, man, and you've done some big things already. And uh, I know you got some stuff cooking already and and, and moving forward. So. Um, yeah, man, it's it's great to to see that you're you're an like I said, man. I bring on individuals here that inspire, you know, and and you're you're no doubt doing your thing and inspiring myself and you know many others, man. So thank you, I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. But uh, so yeah, yeah. Let's jump. Let's jump right into it, man. You you hail from Bakersfield, man. You you uh, you were there. You you grew up in Bakersfield, right? I grew up in Bakersfield, yeah. And uh, now you're in Los Angeles doing your thing. Did the, so the first time you came down to Los Angeles, was that for, or, you know, uh, to live, or for just in general, was it was it to attend Los Angeles Film School? Um, no, actually, I was here before film school. I was actually, I used to be a, a rapper. So oh, I used okay. to be an artist, I used to do music. Um, the label I was on was called Greenside Records. So we actually had a house out in Silmar, California. Um, so that was the first time actually living here. That was like 96, 97. So I was on a label with uh, a few. It was like the first Latino hip hop label. So they were comparing us at the time. We were like a No Limit, Death Row, but we were Latinos. It was Lighter Shade of Brown, Junebug Slim, Night Owl, myself, and a couple of other artists. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, Night Owl, rest in peace. Um, what what is uh, what what did you go by back then as an MC, as a rapper? <laughs> my rap name, my rap name used to be Sick One. Sick, okay, okay. Yeah, man. yeah. Now, now, was that was that your first love, John? Would you say uh, rapping uh, uh, or or yeah? Directing? At the at the at the time, I mean, I started out as as an artist, um, you know, and I used to do you know, demos and did shows and toured and, you know, wrote for some artists. So it was actually, that was, I would actually say that's where everything started from. If 
I don't think if I would have went the music route, I don't know if I would have ever made it to the film side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you say that? Um, the music stuff kind of opened up a lot of doors for me. Um, I met a lot of artists, you know, doing the touring and stuff. So I, I met artists. I got to, um, you know, when you're writing music, you know, you kind of have these ideas for music videos and things like that. So your brain's already kind of moving in that direction. Um, you know, writing lyrics just turned, like I have a verse that is like, went from writing licks to writing scripts, you know? Oh. So <laughs> it's literally what I went from. I went from writing lyrics to writing scripts. And, mm. you know, I, I, it was the, it was an easy transition easy transition so um i mean i i still hear a beat every now and then and like i'll just stop whatever i'm doing and i'll be like just you know i'll just start writing i actually i i had my partner in penwell he's like heard some of my stuff and he was like why don't you record some new music and i was like you know what i'm going to and i actually recorded a new song probably like maybe six months ago first time being in the studio i probably hadn't been in the studio for probably maybe six, seven, eight years. So it was nice just to be back in the studio, called him my old producer and was like, hey, you got some beats? Send me some beats, man, I wanna do something. So yeah, I still I still get the urge every now and then. Yeah, man, I mean, yeah, I, I bet you you uh, you can't take the, you know, the MC out of out of the, the I mean, you can take the, the MC out of the studio, uh, <laughs> you can't take the studio out of the MC, right? Yeah, you can't, man. You can't. There's, I, 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 I write everything. I mean, I write scripts and you know poetry and you know I just constantly writing. And so I, like, I don't, I, and it's not that I want to put the music out. It's kind of just for me to kind of just be like, yeah, I can still do that. You know, I can still jump on a beat. I can still, you know, rock some shit. I, I don't. I hope you don't mind me cussing, but. <laughs> You oh, know, man. I, no, no, I, the FCC's, yeah, the FCC's gonna find me. And then, no, <laughs> no, no, no I, course, I, I love it, man. It's, it's, it's still there. It's still, you know, it's, it's something that I'm still just like, oh man, you know, like I said, if I hear a beat nowadays, I'm just like, you know what, let me write. And so I got a few songs that I've been writing and I'll write, you know, a couple verses, come back to them, you know, a couple months later and just write again and it just depends but yeah. I, I still got that's that is literally my first love ah, that's awesome man Wait, can you spit some bars maybe later on i don't know <laughs> i can if you want <laughs> oh is that right okay i was just throwing it out I, there man. i don't mind i don't mind I, I you know what like i said it's it's still my first love i i it's it's something that you know even when i recorded the song you know i maybe showed it to like four or five friends you know, my girlfriend showed it to her and, you know, a couple friends and I was just like, it, I listened to it, you know, it's, it's for me, yeah. you know, for me to sit in the car and be like, yeah, you still got bars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to your own horn. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And did you go, did you tour and stuff too, John? Back Toured with Light of Shade of Brown. We used to, I mean, we were doing shows with everybody back then, you know, we did a lot of shows with Baby Bash, did a lot of shows with all kinds of artists, Johnny O, all kinds of people. 
Yeah. You know, so we I definitely, you know, was in that group of people at that time. Um, and I mean, we went to Texas, Colorado, we went everywhere. And it, it was uh, it was a great experience. Great experience. I wouldn't change it. Gosh, man. And you, and you said uh, 96, 97, right? Around 96, there? 97. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back in those days, I was in the Navy. Those were my Navy days. And, you know, I was in the state of Washington. And we would, uh, you know, we would miss home, you know, we, and we'd kind of gravitate to the other Latinos, the other, the other dudes that were from, you know, SoCal and, and California yeah. in, gen in general, but, uh, we, we would listen to everything from, uh, you know, Kid Frost. I remember he had an album that came out in the mid nineties, 95 ish around there. Yeah. Uh, forgot the name of the album, but, uh, the, the one where he was, it was uh, like the snow and he was, the. uh, I that can't one. remember the name of the album, but I, I know it's one you're talking about. Yeah. I had to smile yeah. now, cry later, all that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a family affair. Yeah. 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 That album, man. And we would bump that, uh, the Mexicans, Proper Dos. Uh, you know, what's, what's interesting, mm -hmm. um, if, I don't know how much research you did on me. I actually started a documentary called uh, For the Record, The Story of Latinos in Hip Hop. So I haven't been able to finish it. Um, but it's literally what I have filmed so far is like all the West Coast artists. I mean, we got Kid Frost on there, Proper Dose, the Mexicans. I mean, we got oh. everybody on there. Scoop DeVille, um, Tony G, um, a lot of a lot of people on there already. And the only thing that was kind of uh, stopping us because we wanted to get a lot of the East Coast artists as well, because um, that's where it started. And a lot of people don't realize how when hip hop started, there was a lot of Latinos that were there in the very beginning that started this movement. And there's no documentaries out there like that. There's nobody talking about it. It's just kind of, you know, it is what it is type thing. So I actually was able to start a documentary. I'm, I'm going to finish it hopefully very soon. Um, but that is, it, you know, it goes with the music thing, you know, so my music stuff kind of um, allowed me to reach out to these artists that I've worked with before that, you know, I knew and was like, hey, I'm doing a documentary now and it's, you know, on Latinos and hip hop. So everybody that we have interviewed so far, you know, totally into it. And they're like, yeah, we need to tell our story, man. Like, it's not it's not done. It's not done. Mm, wow, man, that sounds super intriguing, man. I can't wait to to see that. You know, yeah, like oh, man. there's, there's, it's exciting because I know even now from when we first started it, like the artists that are now, you know, around, I mean, there's a lot of good artists that are out now, you know, you got King Little G and you got Snow the Product, Reverie, you know, you got a lot of artists that are, that are doing their thing still and new and, you know, it's, it's really awesome to watch them, you know, find their lane, you know, from, from people like Lighter Shade of Browns and the Kid Frost that, you know, paved the way, you know, Be Real and Cypress Hill and all these people, Mellow Man A. So it's, yeah. it's really, you know, they're, they're called the Godfathers for a reason, you know, Kid Frost and Mellow Man Ace and, you know, so, I mean, without them, we wouldn't have, you know, these artists that are now, you know, doing their thing. I mean, look at Snow the Product, dude. She's dope. She's dope and she's she's in her own lane and you know and doing her own things and 
I, I think I saw like a, a post from her the other day. She just did a song with Ludacris. Like that's so, wow. that's so dope. No doubt, man. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. How far, you know, the, the Latinos have come in hip hop, man. And it's uh, you know, it's it's nice to see that. It really is. Yeah, on in general, not just here in in, in California you know, with Chicanos and and but throughout the 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 the, uh, the country, you know, on the yeah. East Coast, you have a lot of uh, you got you know, the big puns, you got the you know Joe the Fat Joes and, and everybody like that, Nori and. Yeah, there's so many artists, man, you know, even down, you know, down in Texas, you know, like the Baby Bashes and, yeah. you know, all of that, you know, there's so many artists that are Latinos and have a voice and they're doing their thing. And that's, that's why I got into that documentary. And like I said, I come from being an artist, so I know the story wasn't being told and I want to tell that story. Definitely, man. No, I can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see. I know you'll be promoting that. When, when, oh man, I, it out there. very soon. I think we're going to be back to filming that really soon. I see that happening, and so we can complete it because, like I said, it's something that the story needs to be told, mm -hmm. and you know, it's it's a good story. I, I heard great stories. You know, sitting with Frost and sitting with Mello, and I mean, you know, like just hearing. That, I, I had a chance to sit down with Tony G and Tony G's telling us these stories that, you know, like just traveling with Kid Frost. And he's like, I remember we were selling tapes, you know, we'd go to shows and we'd have to, you know, Kid Frost would have to sell, you know, his cassettes out of the trunk. So that way we could get to the next show to promote this is for La Raza. Wow. So like to hear those stories, you know what I'm saying? That you don't really, nobody really gets to hear, you know, it, it was there's a lot of good stuff man a lot of good stuff man let's see uh some it's a, a hidden treasure there man yeah yeah it, it's it, it, it's exciting i can't i'm i'm excited to actually uh complete it and i'm i'm hoping that'll be very soon no doubt man i'll be looking forward to that man and but uh you know what 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 was some of your uh who were some of your influences as as a hip hop mc man who I, i'm a I mean, I'm like you said in the beginning. You know, I'm from Bakersfield, but I I've always been an East Coast artist. I love East Coast stuff. Like, um, you know, I love Big Pun. You know, Nas and Wu Tang Clan and things like that. So oh, when I was growing up, you know, I was listening to a lot of East Coast rap. Um, you know, I still got love for the West Coast stuff, obviously, but my my heavy influences when I was writing was East Coast stuff. Mm. East Coast artists. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. No, I, hey, I love. I'm a, a West Coast to the heart, man. I, I grew up out here, and it, it, you know, but I appreciate what they've done in the West on the East Coast, man. I mean, that that's obviously hip hop originated in the Bronx and, and the East Coast, yeah. New York City, and that's the mecca. And they get their props, they get their their do do uh, props, and but uh, yeah, man, it's it's. But I I, I love what we we have out here too man I, I, yeah I appreciate it just as much you know and yeah exactly and and that's why i said the story needs to be told because you know it's it's not told and we deserve our shine just as much as everybody else does no doubt man no doubt man so where where did this transition then start to take place for you then john where what was that the final um, moment or or was it maybe a a process that where you started getting into 
film, film production and directing? Well, what it was is um, when I was on the record label uh, at Greenside, um, this is like, like I mentioned, you know, uh, No Limit Records was out and they had just released their very first movie. I'm about it, about it. Mm. And then Ice Cube released Friday, um, another uh, outside of hip hop. Um, there was a movie called Swingers. So all these movies oh, yeah. we were watching, you know, were being done for like a quarter of a million dollars. And the label was like, you know what? Me and the artist Junebug Slim actually on a drive from Sacramento to LA, we were going to Lighter Shade of Brown's record release party, came up with an idea. Um, and we, like I said, this is before, you know, YouTube and, you know, all of this. So like I went to the library, like picked up scripts and books to learn how to write a script and wrote a script. Me and my partner wrote a script at the time. And next thing you know, we, the label at the time was based out in the Bay Area, Greenside. And we moved the whole label from the Bay Area to LA, uh, Silmar, California. And we were out there and Edward James almost production company picked up the film. Everybody was getting added to this thing. Like it was like a me familia, but for hip hop, we were like the eight mile before eight mile. And then just something just happened to the label and all of a sudden it, the whole thing just vanished. But that started me. So like I was already in that transition, um, you know, figuring out how to write scripts. And that is what ended up moving me out of that because I was like, I, I enjoyed it. I liked, you know, the process of writing a script. And I got one of the, one of the, one of the compliments that ended up getting from Edward James almost at the time was like, they're like, who wrote this? And we were kind of like, you know, like, oh shit, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna kick our ass right now. <laughs> and he's like, you know, who wrote this? And we we're like, we wrote it. And it was like, did you guys go to school for this? Like, you know, how did how did you write this? And like, no, we didn't go to school for it. <laughs> and it was like, Damn. this is a really good script. Like, it's raw. Like, it's real. Like, like it's it's truthful. Wow. And we we're like. Well, you know, that's what we were living, you know, at that moment, you know, we were, we were artists trying to find our way out of the hood and, you know, and everybody does, you know, some type of, you know, bad stuff along the way. And, you know, you're trying to start your music career. And so we wrote that story and, you know, it didn't happen with them, but uh, we ended up, me and two other friends got together, me, Junebug, and another friend named Mikey. Uh, we all got together, put up some money, each of us, went and bought a camera off of eBay, and we shot the movie ourselves. Wow, man. So eBay, now we're, we're talking maybe early 2000s now? Or, um, or how long 98, eBay? 98, okay. 99. Got yeah, it. 98, 99. And so you shot it yourselves and... and, and shot it ourselves, happening? you know, called up friends. You know, there was no there was no real actors in it. It was just like homies, you know, like, Hey, oh. what are you, what are you doing Saturday? Come through. You know, we need some people to sit on the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So yeah. it's, it was, you know, we had friends that, you know, donated their houses, you know, for a couple of days, there was, you know, people brought cars and, you know, 
in Bakersfield, we kind of knew a lot of people, so our resources were pretty good. Mm. So, you know, hey, I need a nightclub to shoot a scene in. You know, yeah. all right, you can use the nightclub on, you know, we don't, we're not open on Sunday nights, so we'll open it up for you. Cool. You know, so it was, it was definitely a lot of homie favors and a lot of homies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. That, and so you directed that, that particular Directed role? it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you had obviously no, no formal training or anything. Not uh, one bit, not one bit. Just uh, like I said, I used to. I was very big on the library in that time of my life, <laughs> you know, picking up books and just reading stuff and, you know, kind of, you know, watching, watching a lot of movies, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot of copycatting, you know, even still to this day, you know, yeah. Oh, that's a cool angle. Like I, I, I can probably do something with that angle, you know, Oh, I like the way that was lit. You know, let me, uh, let me see if I can kind of match that. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, I learned from, you know, other movies and books, like the technical stuff. And then after shooting that is when I went to film school. Okay. I was going to say, so what, what happened? You shoot this, this film, your first film, and then, you know, what, what, what kind of, uh, happened next? So you decided to, 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 to do it, uh, to get some formal training, going to film school now. Yeah, yeah. I, I was married at the time when I shot uh, the first movie. And then uh, I went through divorce and kind of like in this, you know, stage of my life where I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, what what's, what's my next move? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to film school. Like, I'm just going to go to film school and I'm going to see what I'm doing right, see what I'm doing wrong, and meet people that I wanted to work with people that were skilled in areas that I was trying to do myself. Yeah. (laughs) So that was what I went to film school for. And literally every single chance I had, I was running out of equipment, shooting something, shooting anything. I was shooting everything and anything I could possibly do. Wow, man. And what year was this? That was, uh, 2007. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 10 years later, after doing the, the rapper stuff, fast forward to two, two, actually 2006, fast forward to 2006 and I went to film school. Okay. Now, when you went to film school, did you find like you were doing a lot of things right or wrong or a lot of things that you didn't know. What was the biggest surprise for you? The biggest surprise for me was just learning the fact of no matter what you do, the only way you're going to get better is doing it over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That's That's it. You know, you can't call yourself a director if you're not shooting stuff constantly. You can't get better. Like, it's just, it's just what it is. It's like anything, you know, you yeah. want to make the best hamburger in the world. Guess what? You're, you're going to have to make a, a shit ton of hamburgers <laughs> and you're going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? You're going to figure out your, your one recipe that you're like, you know what? Try this hamburger. Super dope. And then, you know, your friends are tasting it like, dude, how'd you get there? Well, it took me, you know, a thousand other hamburgers to get here. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. That's, man. All it is. That's all it is, man. It's, it was just, if this is what you want to do, that was what they taught us. If this is what you want to do, you got to just 
do it. You got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. To quote LL Cool J. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And, but uh, you know, at that before you had gone to film school, though, John, the 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 rapping thing was was just done. You were you were done. You you weren't going um, back to it. No, I was still I was still recording here and there. I was oh. still doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much, um, but still working with some artists. I was still doing stuff with Junebug, um, and did a little bit more touring, probably around around that time, probably around that time. Um, and we were, he was, he was still doing music. Like that was his, his, his lane. So I was still doing stuff with him on the side and we did a lot of shows. So if we still, I still was able to get that little fix. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it was a trip, man. I'm, I'm going to blow your mind right now, John. Okay. Yeah, my brother was at LA film school. Really? Uh, in 07, around that time. And uh, I, I want to say, well, LA Film School opened up uh, in the early 2000s, I want to say. Yes, yes. Yeah. And he was there, Peter Peter Zaldivar. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe you, yeah, you, yeah. Were, you knew, maybe, I, I mean, obviously we're, there's different I, You know what? Classes. It's a one-year course. I remember yeah. graduating. I graduated in February of 2007. Okay, I think he started a little bit later then. And yeah. uh, later on, I'll show you the, the production I was in as an actor at, at the LA, at LA Film School for my, one of my yeah. brother's projects. That's and awesome. Yeah, he directed the, uh, the scene in Scarface where he, there, where he oh, gets yeah, caught. Oh, yeah, we had to remake uh, certain scenes and to practice lighting, to practice sound. Yeah, I remember those. I remember those. I think I might have done a Godfather one as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, it was cool. It was I mean, so I imagine uh, you 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 met work during your time there. And Definitely did. Some, yeah, yeah. So Definitely so what did. happens after LA Film School? You, you graduate. You know what? You know what's really interesting. Like I said, I had shot I had shot the first movie before going to film school. So I had this movie when I went to film school. I had already finished it. It was done but I, I didn't even know how to get it out. So I ended up the like within the first 30 days of going to film school, I find the distribution teacher. I go and take my movie and I'm like, look, I have a movie, you know, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, and he's like, why are you going to film school? You already have a, a whole movie completed. I was like, I came to film school because I want to learn what I'm doing right, learn what I'm doing wrong. And I was like, I, I'm, I just want to, I want to know, like, you know, like I'm, I'm in it. I'm, I'm ready to do this. And as soon as I graduated from film school in February, 2007 and March, 2007, he released my film. Really? So my distribution teacher is the first person that released uh, the first movie we ever shot. Okay. What's his name? Um, his name, uh, his name is Pagemon, Pagemon Petrelli or something. I, I can't remember his last name, wow. but he was my distribution teacher. So about a month after you left then, right? Yeah. He was like, he was like, I can't release this while you're in school. But as oh. soon as I was out, he ended up releasing it and it did pretty good. Like it was like, it was in a, it was like in the Walmart, uh, it was in Walmart. It was like, uh, <laughs> it was in a bunch of places and he was like, 
he's like, dude, like your like your movie's selling really good. Like, you know, <laughs> for that type of movie, he's like, it's you know, it's doing it's doing numbers. So we it was exciting. It was fun, you know, it was something I did before film school. He's actually he was the reason that ended up he gave me um the initial money to start my second film. After film school, I used all my film school buddies and now I'm like I know a few actors, you know, and things like that. So the second film was, you know, a little bit better quality and you know, uh, actually was able to have some actors involved. And I worked with a lot of artists um, because at the same time I was doing, uh, I had a TV show called The 99 Cent Show. Plus I would already known a lot of artists. So, you know, I reached out to, you know, Bash and I was like, Bash had a group at the time called the Stewie Brothers. I was like, hey, you know, can I get the Stewie Brothers in the movie? So I got them in the movie. I happened to know Roscoe Molly. So I ended up hitting up Roscoe Molly at the time. And he was like, yeah, I'll be in it. Reached out to a couple of uh, FHM girls that I knew and was like, hey, you want to do this? Um, and just reached out to people that I knew at that time kind of had a social media that like, they call them now influencers. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like at that time they weren't they weren't called influencers. They just, you know, had a following. And nice. I knew they were going to promote it. So I reached out to these people and was like, hey, you want to be in a movie? And because I knew they would promote it. Yeah, man. No, you asked that to anybody. Like, Hell yeah, they jump on it, man. Hell yeah, they do now. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah no doubt. And, and what was the name of your the first uh, movie you did? The first movie was called Stereotype. Stereotype. And, yeah. and how long and is the that? The second one, the second one was called Cruising. And Cruising was like an updated version of American Graffiti. Oh, okay. So it was like one night, you know, people cruising for the night, and you had, instead of the Wolfman Jack, I had Roscoe Molly being like the radio DJ. Uh, the Stewie brothers played themselves, you know, so like this group that stops in at the radio station, you know, they do a, a meet and greet at, you know, at a restaurant. So I had that, like, it's just, I was able to, uh, same thing, like in Bakersfield, I just have a lot more resources. Um, yeah. So, you know, people were very uh, quick to be like, yeah, you can use my restaurant. Yeah, you can use this. Yeah, you can use that. And um, the city of Bakersfield itself, you know, you need a, I need a whole street. All right, we'll give you the street. And, you know, um, and I was able to shoot shoot the cruising scenes on this one street. And, you know, I just have car clubs. We're bringing cars like every night. And it was really interesting because we shot the whole thing like 90% of the film at night. Wow. Hey, I yeah. gotta check that out, man. Cruising. It's out there. It's out there. That that one actually went through Redbox, Walmart, um, Amazon Prime, like all those things. So that one did, that one had uh, some good legs on it as well. It, you know, for those type of films, um, you know, there were, there were a lot of uh, learning experience for me. You know, and it was, uh, like I said, it was the first time I, I got to work with some actors and, you know, um, they weren't just the homies anymore, you know, <laughs> turned into homies, you know, but, uh, you know, actually right. to people that like were trying to, you know, hone their craft as well, you know, so that was, that was awesome. It was really awesome. No doubt, no doubt. What was the length, on, what's the length on cruising? 
uh it was like around nine it was an it was a full feature so it was like 90 95 something like that 95 minutes or so yeah so when you look back at at stereotype and then cruising like the the level of uh knowledge the level of confidence man that the level of growth from stereotype to cruising talk talk about that man talk a little bit i mean um, what were the main differences it, it, it was it was substantial it was substantial um i think it was it was in the way of uh my confidence and working with now there was people that you know i was working with a real cinematographer you know i was working with people that know how to light you know i was working with actors and i had to learn how to deal with actors and like it, it was it was different it was different and you know uh you know outside sets you know you know trying to shoot a cruising scene and you know i got like 12 cars on this side and 12 cars on this side and you know like all right everybody when i say action you know all the cars move this way these cars move this way you know go slow and like people walking in the background so it was like it was it was bigger it was it 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 was a it was a very big difference the other one you know we were shooting it at, at houses and you know a living room and a front porch <laughs> and you know a couple people here and there you know so it wasn't it wasn't as uh it wasn't as big um uh, but it was definitely i don't regret any of it i don't regret any of it it's it was all learning i mean to where i'm at now you know which we'll get you know we'll get there <laughs> yeah no doubt man but, but like when you shot cruising was there a level of uh i know your confidence level was higher but was there a level of like nervousness or maybe some, some a little yes. bit of anxiety or yeah yeah there there was um because it wasn't my money you know stereotype it was you know three friends you know it was our <laughs> money you know and but this was the first time I was actually using somebody else's money. And <laughs> that is, that's the terrifying part, you know, cause you're like, like what happens? Like if, you know, it, it's not good. What happens, you know, if, you know, what happens, you know, now I'm responsible for this debt. <laughs> right. Right. No, the, 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 it sounds like the stakes raised in every way, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Financially, yeah, professionally, uh every aspect yes know. yes it was but yeah. like i said it ended up getting picked up through red it sat on my shelf for five years after we had shot it i had all these different types of people like hey we're gonna sell your movie we're gonna do this we're gonna do that i let all kinds of people do it and nobody ever sold it i finally just said you know what i'm gonna do this myself and i took the film and there's uh there's this convention thing that happens in uh, Santa Monica every year in November called AFM. And yeah. I literally went to AFM, got tickets, went to AFM, had set up meetings. This is how actually me and Bobby ended up meeting. Because me and Bobby used to be in a in an in a old Costco together. He had a law office and I had a one of the very first live video radio stations, the core live. And I knew he was a lawyer and I had meetings set up for cruising. 
So I was like, hey, man, do you want to come out to AFM with me and, like, you know, help me negotiate these things and, you know, deal with these people? And he was like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, and sitting between meetings, you know, I ended up finding out he used to do movies before he was a lawyer. So, wow. you know, we just like sitting there and conversating and we kind of came up with some ideas. Then, you know, I literally, that was the time I sold that movie. I went in November by March, what, four or five months later, it was out. And wow. like, we came out through Redbox and all that. So that was, you know, like it just, I had to take it into my own hands. I had to, you know, not let anybody else run with it. And I just finally had to be like, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to get it out there. And I did. And shout out to your partner, Bobby Cloud, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which is the Bobby we're referring to. You co-founded yes. Penwheel Productions. And of course, we'll get into all of that. And, yes. and uh, you know, but who, who uh, now, you know, you did, uh, going back to cruising, like, did you start to develop uh, a, a style? You started developing your own style. I know, I can imagine. But did you have? Who were some influences as directors, man? That that, that um, you kind of looked at, looked up to. My really influences. Copied? I mean, obviously, you know, you got the Quentin Tarantino's and Robert Rodriguez. Um, <laughs> definitely, you know, people that I was, you know, I admired at the time. I'm a, I'm a very big Alfred Hitchcock and Scorsese fan and Coppola. Like, I love what they do. Um, you know, obviously Spielberg does his thing as well, but I love Alfred Hitchcock's way of... There's this, sim there's this simple thing that he does where he can have you in a scene and hold you there with no dialogue, and yet you're stuck, and you're like, you know, this mystery and suspense. He knows how to, he knew how to build suspense with nothing. And, you know, on the film after cruising, um, that's where I really started to develop that. And the film after cruising was Lost Souls. And one of the greatest compliments I ended up getting after Lost Souls was it had a very Hitchcock feel to it. Mm. And that was probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever had. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And were you purposely, I mean, using some of those techniques some Hitchcock in that yeah. film? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, working with the budgets that I've, I've had to work with, you know, um, they're not big budgets, you know, I mean, they're cool. They're, they're very, you know, cool, but, um, you have to figure out a way to make something intriguing to somebody. In film school, they ended up telling us, they're like, if you can turn off the audio on your movie and watch it and still have it make sense to somebody and it still be compelling, that's what mm -hmm. filmmaking is. You know, it's, it's moving pictures. You know, and in picture, you, you can't, there's no voice behind a photo of, you know, a, a photograph, you know, a, a painting. It's just right. there. And if it can make you feel a certain way, like, that's an awesome thing. Um, and 
So working within the budgets that I had, I had to figure out a way to build suspense and my films had suspense, you know, and there's the thing, uh, we call it the, the Jaws effect. Um, if you know the story about Jaws, you know, Steven Spielberg had this, had the, had the shark and it kept, you know, failing. It wasn't working. So he had to improvise on how he was going to build suspense, mm-hmm. you know? And so the music that he used in it created the suspense, mm-hmm. you know, and just this mm-hmm. one little shot of, you know, somebody, you know, moving around in the water, but that, that, that long shot of just seeing them in the water, you know, you as an audience, you're watching and you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? (laughs) And I learned that. I learned how to build suspense. And I learned this technique of, you know, like I said in Jaws, you know, you don't really ever see the shark really do anything. It's in your head. It's literally in your head that something horrible is happening. You see blood in the water, but you never saw Jaws eating somebody. Like, think about that. That's true. Like, our imagination is so much stronger than what we visually see. And I, I carried that over. Me and Bobby, like, had these long discussions on, on how to create that, you know, how to create these... What's more terrifying? If I show it to you, it's not as terrifying. You know, you're already like, oh, you know, there's blood. Oh, man, that's horrible. And, you know, blood's flying out of the screen. And, you know, that's very Quentin, you know, very Robert Rodriguez. You know, you see it, you see the the head, you know, explode. We don't have that luxury. So we got to work within our budget, you know. So it was like, how do we create, you know, suspense and in in that world that we were working with and i learned how to do that and that's from you know alfred hitchcock and you know steven spielberg and jaws you know those moments where you're just like it it, i hold these shots and you your brain starts to do your own tricks your imagination is scarier than what you see so that alfred hitchcock is one of my my biggest influences Gosh, man, that, that is super cool, man. Playing on it's, it's psychology, I think it comes down to, huh? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, you, your your mind starts to draw its own conclusions. Yes, and, that's it. It draws its own conclusions. And in Lost Souls, um, you know, we have these scenes where uh, there's uh, a priest kind of doing an exorcism in a room. And I never show you what's happening in the room with the priest, but you see the mom and the dad on the other side of the door and they can only hear what's going on. But I keep you on the outside with the mom and dad in these long shots Mm. because I wanted you, like I said, it's better if you don't see what's happening and your, your imagination and just hearing what you think or even when there's silence, there's a moment in the movie that we we have and they can't hear anything and they're like, have their ear to the door and they're like trying to listen. And those were the most moments that were just like, what the, what's going on? Like that is scarier. 
you know, that is scarier. It really is, man. That's that's so cool, man. I love hearing about that, man. I, you know, I don't I don't bring I haven't brought many directors on, John. To the well, I'm podcast. glad I got to, I'm glad I can I can share share that. Yeah, no, that is, I love to hear the 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 artist, you know, behind the the the, the camera, uh, you know, the talk about those those intricacies, man, because I'm fascinated by it. I've always been fascinated with that, man. Like, you know, the artist behind the the work, the the whether it was you know a filmmaker or somebody writing a poem or a song, you know, what yeah. what what their vision was, what were they were trying to convey, you know, what was the message they were trying to convey, and it's yeah, to me it's fascinating, man. But uh, you know, talk. I wanted to get into your your experience with uh, depth, your film depth of field, which was uh, screened at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Now, in uh, what year was that, John? Um, we shot that October of last year. Oh, gosh, yeah. That recent. That yeah. Recently, yeah. Yeah. Shot it October of last year, and it was. Uh, you know, I've been doing these movies, and you know, I was finally told, like, you know, as far as the director, you have a great style. You know, it's you're but my name didn't have any value to it and so i was told by several different people you need to do some film festival stuff you need to like you need to i mean i was very fortunate you know stereotype and cruised in and things like that picked up and they sold you know they they had an audience you know and but i knew who my audience was when i did those um and they moved you know, they they did what they were intended to do, mm -hmm. um, but it didn't it didn't establish my name as a director. And the movies that I've done with Bobby um, were still movies that got picked up, um, but this one was something that we really uh, wanted to make sure we were making it for film festivals, and we're gonna run the film festival circuit with it. Um, it was interesting because when we did screen it in Cannes, I sat in the back and watched the people watching it. And there was a man that was in front of me, older man, um, probably maybe early 60s, late 50s. And he had a pair of glasses on. And I saw him, kept he kept taking them off. He'd rub his nose and he'd put his glasses back on. Oh. He'd take them off again, you know, kind of clean his face. And... <laughs> When we finally got out of the movie, I saw him. He was still in tears. His eyes were red. And he was like, I cried like I haven't cried before in a movie. Wow. He was like, that, like, he goes, that really, he's like, don't sell this movie. He's like, run the festival circuit. And we were like, oh, no, that's what it was made for. It was made for film festivals. And... Even our uh, PR, uh, Jasmine, a spot of PR, um, mm -hmm. Jasmine watched our film. We got the greatest compliment from her. And she was like, I watched this movie and I haven't cried since I watched The Color Purple or The Joy Luck Club watching a movie like this. Wow. She was like, this is why I got into this business. Like, mm -hmm. this is, it's, it's a good story. It, it's it's a really good story. It's about a man dealing with grief and you know losing his wife and child, and 
you know, he meets this uh, foster kid that lives next door. She's a girl about 14, 15 years old. And halfway through the movie, you find out that she's dealing with the same thing. She's lost her mother. And mm-hmm. so you got two angry people in two different worlds. Um, and the first time they find a friendship, uh, it's between them. And he, and he, they find it, he teaches her how to fly a drone and he teaches her photography. And, you know, so he's like finally getting back out there uh, and living his life. And she does, she is too. And so you watch this uh, friendship and the friendship saves them. And by the end of the movie, you know, he says that to her. He's like, you saved me. She's like, you saved me. And it, it is, it's a very, uh, it, it'll, it'll get you. Me and me and Bobby have this term called Kalima. You remember uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom? Yeah. And where the man sticks his hand and grabs his heart, he pulls it out, he's like, Kalima. Yeah. Like, that's what me and Bobby call what we're trying to do with movies. Like, we want to reach in, we want to pull your heart out. We want to make you, we want to make you have an emotion. You know, and that's our term, you know, Kalima. Like if we can go in there and, and rip your heart out, we did our job. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Did you write that film? Yes. That, that the film? Yes. Oh, you wrote yes. it and directed. Yes, yes. Um, a friend of ours, uh our one of our partners, Jeffrey Stevens, he actually came up with the idea. Um, he was freshly married, uh, had a stepdaughter. And him and his stepdaughter were trying to figure out a way to connect, and they connected through photography. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, brought it up, you know, kind of as a joke. He's like, "Why don't you guys do a movie about this?" You know. And next thing you know, me and Bobby kind of sat down together, and you know, we came up with how to, you know, put the story together. And obviously, you know, we had to, you know, make it a little bit more, you know dramatic and add some you know emotions in there and that's what we did so you know from an idea from jeffrey in a you know in a in a, in a kind of a joke but not um we took that and you know me and bobby sat down went over some ideas and then i ended up writing the script wow man that's awesome so at this point john how many films have you directed Projects overall. Stereotype, Cruised In, Lost Souls, Trolled, and Depth of Fields. My Five? Sunshine. And a, and a couple of short films. Did you count My Sunshine in there? No. Well, My Sunshine is a short film. Okay. It was, and you know what's really interesting for that is My Sunshine was a uh, kind of a test to see how Depth of Field was going to look and how we were gonna, you know, certain things that we were gonna use in depth of field. And that's why we shot My Sunshine. Um, And it was kind of sitting there on on my computer. And I was like, told Bobby one day, I was like, you know what, the people that have watched this, like for three minutes, there's no dialogue in the movie, none, no dialogue. Just this man sitting there and you can tell what he's going through. And for three and a half minutes, you watch this man dealing with grief. And 
it was making people cry in like three minutes. Wow. No dialogue. You know, that's why I said, you know, in film school, they were like, if you can create something that gives somebody an emotion with no dialogue, like mm -hmm. that is really, you know, an amazing thing. And when we were showing it to friends, like, oh, we did this, you know, what do you think? Like, we thought it looked really, you know, looked really nice. And visually it was, it was very beautiful. And, you know, me and Bobby were like, Bobby was kind of like, yeah, you know what, let's, let's send it out. Let's see, you know, let's see what happens. It's just sitting there. He's like, let's send it out to like 10 different festivals and see what happens. Next thing you know, it started won an award, won another award, you know, an official selection. Um, and I got one of the greatest compliments on one of those film festivals that specifically talked about how I would leave the camera in these that Hitchcock way of just sitting there. And it, I forget what it says, but it's like, Urande has no fear of letting the camera sit and letting you be in the moment. I see. That's awesome, man. That yeah. guy, man, I got to watch all these, man. I'm really I'll excited. send you my sunshine. I have it. I'll send it to you. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, can man. use it. And if you want to share it on your website, whatever, it's it's there. I'll, I'll definitely send it to you. That's and then I want to know how you, I want to know your emotions after you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And then I, you know, definitely want to check out Depth of Field at some point. And we're going to uh, have, we're going to have a screening, um, a private screening, uh, probably within the next 30 days. So, um, oh. We're going to invite the actors and stuff like that um, to, you know, so they can see it. So I'll definitely invite you to that, man. Uh, oh, man, please let me know. That's, yes, that's, yes. that's awesome, man. I we're, appreciate that. We're probably going to do it in Bakersfield. So you might have to do a little bit of a drive, but okay. uh, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. But, you know, shifting gears a little bit, John, before, you know, coming up on time a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to come, I wanted to talk about your, your, the apps that you created, lyrically speaking and music, talk about that a little bit. What, what are those all about? Give us Man, a snapshot. You know what? It, it's funny because, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, I, I started in music, you know, and I still got love for music. So, yeah. you know, there's, you know, I've, I've in between movies, like I was looking for something to do in between working on movies. And so it was kind of, and then the pandemic hit and, you know, I had all this free time on my hands. So I was like, you know, what am I going to do? And I came up with lyrically speaking um, and lyrically speaking was just a game. Uh, it's an app. It's a game music trivia. Um, it's got uh, hip hop, pop, eighties, country rock, um, R and B. And basically you go in there, it'll, uh, if you do single player, uh, it'll give you like three minutes. If you do uh, group group play, uh, it'll give you like three minutes as well. And it's just, it'll ask you a question and you just like, you know, uh, Sir Mix, or no, uh, what do we, uh, Billy, uh, Billy Idol. And it was like, you know, uh, the white wedding. I forget the part to it, but uh, you gotta <laughs> fill in this, these blanks. You know, so it'll give you like three options. You pick the, the right answer, you know, you move on to the next one. You pick the wrong answer, you know. And uh, it was it was funny because we actually played it live because I was shooting a commercial for it um, right before we had, at the beginning of May. And 
got a bunch of friends together and we played it and it was awesome to watch everybody like people are singing the songs you know and everybody was just totally like it brought back memories for people you know you know yeah, they yeah. on the on the full version it will mix up all the genres um so like you know you go from you know a hip-hop song and then you know you go to uh r&b song you know so it was like all these listening to everybody you know a group of people over here that knew a lot of r&b you know a couple people over here knew country you know so it was, but to hear everybody be familiar with these songs and it just you would hear everybody like start singing all together you know they, it was a song that they all remembered you know so that one is a really it's that one's fun it's really fun and uh it just came out it'll be out on apple soon but it's on google play right now oh yeah. okay awesome yeah. but it's yeah. not available on on the apple store yet uh it uh, we're hoping it'll be up within the week uh it's oh. it's oh. literally done we're just waiting for an approval from apple um so that's it so it's done and it's ready just waiting for them to be like yeah you're good so uh, that's exciting. And it, like yeah. I said, the, the group play is, it's, it's fun, man. It, it's really fun. It's uh, to hear everybody be familiar with these songs and, you know, it just, it's nostalgic, you know, for a lot of people. So it, it's, it's fun. Man, I got to check that out too, John. You're, you're leaving me here with like uh, salivating, man. Like, I want to check all this <laughs> stuff out. Yeah. Well, very intriguing, yeah. man. Peaking my then, interest here. Yeah, and then music, music is an app. Uh, like I said, I used to have a. a I see it uh, behind you, man, on your computer screen. There is yeah the logo, yeah. right? Yep, I used to have a uh, an online live video right list before they even had the term podcast. So in '99, I had created uh, the very first 24-hour live video radio hip hop station. So this is in '99, wow. like when people would go on to watch the 24-hour station this was still dial up 56k 28k you'd hear the you'd hear all that you know and we oh, were doing man. we had this you know radio station and like i said you know even in the, in the movie cruising you know i've always i've had a love for artists that nobody knows about you know people you, you you interview a lot of artists and you know they are able to come to a podcast like yours promote themselves because it's hard it's hard if you do not have a big budget you're not going to get radio play you know you your fan base is your reach your social media reach or yes you know, to be blessed to do a podcast like this. So, you know, that has a, a little bit more of a reach, you mm -hmm. know, but it, it takes going on a lot of different podcasts to yeah. find a fan base, you know, um, no doubt, no doubt. and there's so many talented artists and that's what is really, it sucks because, you know, the average person doesn't know where to find new music. You know, they go into their Pandora, their Spotify and, you know, they type in, you know, the type of music that they like and, you know, give me more 50 cent type stuff, you know, give yeah. me more, you know, Chris Stapleton type stuff. Right. And music is created to 
the world is now in a place where we're so quick, so quick. Just give me, give me the, give it to me quick. Microwave, you know, give it to me quick. And music is an app that will play 20 seconds of a song. And if you like it, then you swipe up, you'll get a small bio on that artist or group. Uh -huh. And you'll hear three other songs from that group. If you don't like it, you swipe to the left and you go to the next song and you just keep going and you just keep going and you go down the rabbit hole if you choose to. And it is, there's no, uh, there's no algorithm to it. So there's no, you can't just go to it and be like, just give me hip hop. No, yeah. like you'll hear a hip hop song. And then right afterwards, you'll probably hear a country song. You know, you might hear a Spanish song, gotcha. you know, you might hear a reggaeton song. You might hear, you know, some hard rock. There's just, it's literally to open up people's mind to new music, new artists instantly. So like in, in my ideal idea of this whole thing is that an artist who might start out with a hundred fans, get into the music jukebox. And by the end of the day, they have an instant brand new fan base instantly because people's attention span is so fast. You're going to go through a hundred clicks, you know, and automatically you might, you might find yourself, you know, having a thousand new fans instantly. Like to me, that's an amazing thing. Man, that's uh, <laughs> super cool, man. Yeah, man. You're a man of many talents, John. Many is, is music available now? Um, music. We're looking for artists right now. We're so we're looking for artists to submit their music. We're trying to build up the jukebox. Um, I'll send you a link for that. Uh, but we are looking for artists. So I see you got a lot of artists that go to your uh, to your podcast and listen to you and promote themselves. So I'll definitely send you the link. We are looking for music um, and all genres. So it doesn't matter what it is. We just we want to we want to help artists. You know, and like I said, I know how hard it is to create a great song and be a great artist and not have the money to show the world how amazing you are. And that's what music is going to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't wait to see that, man. And, you know, John, we're, um, before we go, man, you know, again, I want to thank you for coming on, man. It's been such a, an educational experience here, man, with talking to you, John. And yeah, send me that link, man, because I, I will share that and, uh, you know, help you get, get it out there. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, John. Before we wrap things up, John, where can the good people find you? Where can they connect with you? Uh, find your um, films? All that. For uh, the movie stuff, it's like Instagram at Penwell Universe, like a writing pen. Penwell Universe uh, on Instagram. Um, and then on Instagram and TikTok, we have Lyrically Speaking app, Lyrically Speaking app. And then uh, music is music app on Instagram and TikTok and all that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, those are those things. That's right, you have your Instagram. I haven't followed those, your apps, man. I, I gotta follow you on Instagram. I'm, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, my uh, my girlfriend runs those. The lyrically speaking, so she's uh she's definitely been uh, like when we were in Cannes, she stepped up, man, and just really like 
attached social media and you know so it, it's i'm getting help it's not just me <laughs> yeah. no, I, right you gotta have you gotta have a team man you gotta have a you gotta have help like you said man but uh, you do man and it, you, you gotta have a good team you know it, even our pr team they're amazing man they, they've really been helping us get out there and really uh just everybody you know we got a real there's a lot of good people around us that are uh helping us you know lay some good groundwork right now so it's it's an exciting time for us no doubt man no doubt john man i, I yeah i wish you all the success man and beyond i want to thank you for taking the time for coming on and telling your story giving us a glimpse into your world and man you're always welcome back man you're always welcome thank back. you man I, I definitely would love to come back. You know, we got we got some more things coming down the pipeline, and uh, so we definitely, whenever you're willing to have me, you know, definitely would love to be a part of it. Absolutely, man. You know, maybe after we you can talk about trolled. Uh, maybe yeah, next time. yeah. We got some good stuff coming up for that, so that that'll definitely be a good one. I'd like to have Bobby on on here uh, so we can talk about trolled. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe you could do face to face, or you know, yeah. and yeah, you never know. And uh, if you need good. an actor, huh? Sounds good. Yeah, and yes, if we do need an actor, yes. yeah, yeah, I'll audition, man. Let me know. I'm serious. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, man. You can, uh, send, yeah. you can send me your your reel from The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. The Scarface. Uh, I, I'll, I'll shoot Scarface, you my Scarface. Scarface. Yeah. I'll shoot you uh, some of the stuff I've done. Uh, I posted it all on my feed on my Instagram page. So yeah, definitely I'll shoot those links so you can see me in action, man. So all right, I'm excited. Yeah, I want to give a big shout out to Camille uh, from Espada PR and uh, for helping us connect and, and get get this thing on on the go. And, and, and uh, yeah, her and Jasmine are uh, they're amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, you're working with some good people, man. Over there, so big shout out to everyone. And, but yeah, but big shout out to once again Bobby Cloud, and uh, yeah, you got any more shout outs, John? Before we go, um, right now, just you know, shout. I mean, I you know, I've mentioned them. You know, like I said, I want. I do want to really thank my, my girlfriend Jessica. She's been helping me with you know a lot of the the social media stuff. It's it's not my strong suit. I don't like doing it, but I know I have to. You know, so I, I definitely want to give her a shout out. She deserves that. So sounds good, man. There it is. Very good, ladies and gentlemen. John Urenday, filmmaker extraordinaire, director, app creator. Man, this he's uh, just an artist uh, all around <laughs> and very versatile, talented. And uh, once again, I want to you know I'm grateful for having him on. Um, go follow him. Go check out his work. You will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah. Thanks again, John, for Thank being you. here, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Anytime. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for being here once again, if, whether it's on the audio, social Nostra, IGTV, Roku TV, uh, whatever, man. Uh, you know, Pandora Radio, whatever the case may be, it's always a pleasure being here, your host. Don't forget to like, follow, share, subscribe, support the podcast, support Social Nostra. And we're going to keep rocking and rolling, man. That's what it's all about, is just doing what you love to do. I hope that uh, my, my aim in this podcast is to inspire others through our guests who are doing extraordinary things and doing what they love to do. And that, that's what it's all about, man, and building community. So go do something you've never tried. 
that you've always wanted to try and just take action, man. That first step is, is the most, the only difficult step is just to take that leap of faith, man. So uh, for John Yurday, for Espada PR, I'm Double A, your host here at the Profile Pod. We will see you next time here and uh, with another outstanding guest inspiring us all. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, always remember to take it easy. Peace.